All right, well, a, a number of weeks ago, we started a series called Victory Over Darkness, and then we've, we've, had, we've focused on some other things um, in the last several weeks, and of course, uh, yeah, the last several weeks. So we're going to hook back up with that. Let's look at Colossians 1, verse 9. Colossians 1, verse 9. It says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Verse 13, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Verse 13 says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness. So the Father, through Jesus, has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. In the Young's literal translation, verse 13, says, who did, not rest, or who did rescue us out of the authority of the darkness and did translate us into the reign of the Son of His love. It says, who did rescue us out of the authority of the darkness and did translate us into the reign of the Son of His love. In the Amplified Classic, it says, the Father has delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. And finally, in the CEV, it says, God rescued us from the dark power of Satan and brought us into the kingdom of His dear Son. So you can see this, this passage says, God, He conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. He delivered us from the power of darkness. He rescued us out of the authority of darkness. Delivered us out of the control and dominion of darkness. And the CV says, he rescued us from the dark power of Satan. So we as believers, as the church, we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been delivered. We've been translated from that power. Uh, Hebrews 2, verse 14. It says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, talking about Jesus, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So this says that Jesus had to come 
and be in the same form in our likeness as men. We're flesh and blood. He had to come in the same way that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Verse 15, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So Jesus came as a man so that he could release us from the power of darkness. And so that we could be uh, delivered and be in the kingdom of the Son of God. Now we read, and we read some of these scriptures just reviewing some. 1 John 5, 19 says, We know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we spent some time on this, that, that we are in the world as Christians, but we're not of the world. And so the, it says the world, the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Well, not, not Christians, because, and we spent some time on this, don't have time to go back and, and cover those scriptures. But we saw Jesus said, you are in the world, but you're not of the world. He said, I'm going out of the world. He goes, but you're still going to be in the world, but you're not of it. So the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. That does not include the Christian. But you can just look around and tell that the world is under the sway, the influence of the wicked one. And so here's one thing you can tell. If the majority of the world is going in one direction and it's under the sway of the wicked one, you know that's not the direction you're supposed to go. The word says that the gate to hell is wide, to the gate to death. It's wide, it's not narrow. Just because there's a lot of people that condone a certain idea or a certain, you know, certain things that were unacceptable 50 years ago socially have become acceptable, and the world will condone it. If the world condones it, and they're under the control of, de of the devil, maybe as Christians we ought to think twice about condoning it. Well, everybody, you know, everybody's on board. Okay, what does that mean? If it's under the sway of the wicked one, then we better think twice. If everybody is doing something in the world and everybody seems to get on board, we, may, we as Christians ought to look at that and say, well, what's, what's influencing you know, we all have heard the cliche, you know, growing up, a kid comes, you know, a child comes to their parents and says, hey, you know, I want to do such and such. No. Well, everybody's doing it. Classic line. Well, has everybody jumped off a bridge? Would you? <laughs> well, no. Well, just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean you should do it. Well, we need to understand the world we live in. And we need to understand there is an influence uh, a dark influence. And so just because something's popular doesn't mean it's right. In fact, usually it's the opposite. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, we read this too. We're just going over some of these. It says, Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. It says, Whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Calling Satan the God of this age. He's not... God Almighty, but the Bible calls him the God of this age. We went over that some. We can't go into all the detail, but he has influence. We just read the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So he has influence, but for the Christian, the Christian has been delivered from that influence, has been, I should say, been delivered from the power of Satan. Satan will still try to exercise influence. 
over the Christian. The only way he can uh, exert power over us as if we yield to him, because we have power. You would have to yield your power and do what he tells you to do. He can't force you to do anything. Let's look at Colossians 1.15, so just going further from the verses that we read uh, in Colossians uh, 1.13, we read several different versions of that. So right after that, Verse 15 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and are, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. Verse 18, And He is the head of the body. Talking about Jesus. The church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he should have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him whether things on earth or things in heaven having made peace through the blood of, the, of his cross. Verse 18 says, And he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Jesus is the head of the body. The body is the church. So this is giving an illustration here. Jesus is the head of the church, just like your head controls what your body does. Jesus is over the body. Now, he doesn't, he doesn't force everybody to do anything, but he is the head. In other words, he's the leader. And we as his church are to flow with him. And we as his church actually work on, on the earth under the authority that he has. Colossians 2 verse 11, just going a little bit further in Colossians, says, In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with Him in baptism, in which you also were raised with Him, talking about Jesus, through faith in the working of God who raised Him from the dead. Verse 13, And you... Being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, with Jesus, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he was taken, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a, a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. But let's go back to verse 11. This is a picture of what the church is in relation to Jesus. Verse 11 says, In Him, in Jesus, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, buried with Him. So it's talking about 
us as the church, we were buried with Him, in, with Jesus, in baptism, in which you also were raised with Him. Through faith in the working of God, who raised Him from the dead. So Christ was raised from the dead, but it's saying here, you and I were raised with Him. We were raised with Jesus. Verse 13, And you, being dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, He has made alive together with Him. With Jesus. So Jesus is alive. Jesus is on the throne. The Bible is saying here, we've been raised with Him. It says, he, he has made alive, made us alive together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Jesus has the keys to death and the grave, and He has been raised up, but there's something else, we've been raised with Him. So the thing is, the church has missed this fact. They will emphasize that Jesus has been raised. Jesus is the Lord of all. But what they miss is that we have been raised with Him. Now we're talking about being delivered from darkness. We're talking about the authority of the believer, the rights and privileges of the believer. And we've, we've spent some time talking about the fact that we are in the world, but we're not of it, that there is a devil, he has power in the world, but he doesn't have authority over Christians. That we are the church, the called out ones, the ones that are called by the name of the Lord Jesus. Christian literally means one like Christ. When you're saying you're a Christian, it's not a religion. It means you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, you have been translated into His kingdom. You've been made a new person. But so many times what we have this outlook as if we're still fighting a war on the earth with Satan and he's, uh, you know, he can beat us up. He can push us around, but we're just trying, and oh, when we get to heaven, then everything will be okay. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible shows us that we have actually been translated out of the, the authority of Satan, like we read, and we have been seated with Christ. Well, does Christ, does Jesus, uh, is he under Satan? No. He is the Lord over all. Does Satan push him around? No. Does Satan any match for the Lord Jesus Christ? No. He rose from the dead. He put off. You know, it, it says here in verse 15, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Can you put up 15? Colossians 2 verse 15 there. It says, Having disarmed principalities and powers, referring to these 
satanic powers, to the devil himself. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. What that's referring to is that, you know, in, in these times when the Bible was written, when a king, a, a, a nation would have victory over another nation, they would parade the other, the, the one, the, the nation that was defeated, they would parade the king through the streets and make a show of them, make a public spectacle of them, show that they were defeated. That's what this is referring to. And it's saying Jesus disarmed the devil and his cohorts and he made a public spectacle of them. In other words, they're made nothing. They have been defeated by the Lord Jesus Christ. And so many times we have that settled. Yes, Jesus is the victor. But sometimes what we don't have is settled, and what the church world has missed is that we are victors with Him. And not just like, well, yeah, I know Jesus has given me the victory. No, positionally, we're seated with Him. So if Jesus has authority over Satan. We read that we've been translated out of Satan's authority, but we know if Jesus has authority, we're seated with him in the same place, so we have authority. Now, we're not Jesus, but we're in his body. We're part of his body. He's the head, but if the head is over Satan, the body is over Satan. Do you see that? Satan is under Jesus' feet, which means he's under our feet. For that not to be true, if, Je if you're looking at me, if Jesus is my head and the church is the rest of the body, Satan would have to be here in order for him to be above us. But that's not true. Christ is the head, we're his body, Satan is under our feet. So if we can believe that Jesus has authority, then you can believe you have authority based on what the Word says. You don't have to drum it up and think, well, I just don't know if I'm worthy. Is Jesus worthy? That's what you have to believe, because then we're seated with Him. And we're going to go over this in different aspects more and more. His authority, the, the way we operate on this earth is with His authority. In fact, I'm going to read you something from uh, The Believer's Authority, Brother Hagin's book. It says, the, the Son is seated above these powers, which we've just referred to, and has the authority of the throne of God. But this is precisely where the church world as a whole has failed. It, is, it has understood that Jesus Christ is the supreme head of the church but it has failed to understand that the head is totally dependent on the body for carrying out his plans. That we are seated with Christ in heavenly places and that his exercising authority over the powers of the air has to be through his body. In other words, if we're going to do the work of Christ on the earth, then we will exercise the authority of the head on the earth, which is through his body, and that's over Satan and all his cohorts. Amen. See, people will believe Jesus 
has authority. But when it comes to you and me, well, yeah, but I've done this, I've done that, I've missed this. And we, we don't, we don't realize and have it forefront in our understanding that it's a position. In other words, you're positionally, you're seated with Christ. Positionally, you have authority. It doesn't matter what you feel like. Amen. You know, if you have a certain position in your company, let's say you work at a company, and this goes with any position of authority, that position and your authority doesn't change based on how you feel when you go into the office, or maybe in this case just turn on your computer and log in remotely. But it doesn't matter how you feel. You have the position. So many times Christians are going by how they feel about their relationship with Christ and how they feel about what's going on in their life. And if the circumstances are right, they conclude, I don't have authority over the devil because I feel, I see, and they're going by that rather than what the Bible says. Ephesians 1, verse 15. Let's go and, and look at parallel uh, passages of Scripture. Ephesians and Colossians are very similar, use a lot of the same language, teach on very similar uh, topics. Ephesians 1, verse 15. It says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe. According to the working of His mighty power, verse 20, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but, in, but also in that which is to come. So look at that. Talking about Jesus being raised up, verse 20. You can go back to verse 20. Far above, or which he worked in Christ, talking about the Father, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Now, you're going to see this again in Ephesians, but we just read in Colossians. When we read about Christ being seated, we need to, in our minds... Translate that to we're seated with Him because that's what the Bible says. When you read about what God has done in Jesus, we need to say, and I'm there with Him. Spiritually, positionally. That's where we are. 
Verse 20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Verse 21, far, now this, when we read this, this is where Jesus is, but this is where you and I are as Christians. Verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. All, all, this is describing all the powers of darkness. Jesus is far above. Not to say barely eke out, ooh, just a little bit above. Far above. Far above. In other words, I mean, would you just think about Satan has nothing on Jesus. It's not that he's just beaten against the gates of heaven every day, making a, a nuisance of himself. He's far above. God, the, the Lord Jesus Christ is far above. He doesn't deal with Satan coming and harassing him. Being like, oh, I just wish he would leave me alone. No, that's not true. Satan's defeated. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Well, that pretty much sums it up. Every name that's named. Jesus is above. Not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Verse 22, and he put all things under his feet. Well, who, what's his feet? That's his body. All things are under Jesus' feet. What we just read, Jesus is the head, we're the body. That means they're under our feet. Now, you don't go by what you feel. You don't go by what you see. You go by what the Bible says. Because Satan will fight you on this more than any truth. Because he wants the Christian to believe that you're defeated and that he can do what he wants you to do to you at any time. And he'll point to circumstances and feelings to quote unquote prove it. Well, if you're so, if you're, if you're in a position of authority, why? And he'll point to it. He's a con artist. He's a liar. What's he trying to, he, what he's trying to do is get you to look at something and say this is proof when he knows that if you go by the word, the circumstance has to change. Mm -hmm. But if you yield to the circumstance or yield to pressure or feelings, then it's not that he can overpower you. It's that he's deceived you into believing he can overpower you. And if he gets you to yield to him, he has overpowered you, only not directly. In other words, it's not his strength. It's that he conned you into you yielding to him. That's a totally different thing. You know, you ever heard of, you've heard of elephants being scared of mice? Why? It can, is, the, does the, is the mouse physically strong enough to take on an elephant? Of course not. Just one step to the right and the mouse is done. But evidently, I don't think it's just in Disney movies. I mean, I guess evidently that <laughs> elephants are somewhat scared of a mouse. I don't know. But it's not because the mouse is strong. I mean, there might be some, you know, superhero mice that in some, you know, stories that they could actually take out an elephant. But in the real world, 
It's not the case. You could not say that mouse overpowered that elephant. That just is ludicrous. But for some reason, the elephant's scared. That's exactly, that's, that's actually understated the relationship between the Christian and Satan. The Bible says Jesus is far above the principalities and powers. I mean, the difference between the authority of Jesus and Satan is not, it's, it's much more than the difference between an elephant and a mouse. In other words, that, that picture, as ridiculous as it is, did not, does not do the justice of the difference in power and strength between Satan and Jesus. Yet, and the Christian is seated with Jesus, the Christian has the greater one on the inside, the almighty Spirit of God on the inside, and yet the Christian will cower at Satan, and Satan is far below. Not even a mouse. Not even a gnat. It just, it's, it's infinitely different. But that's what the, when the Christian cowers and says, oh no, the devil's going to get me, it's just like the, the elephant going, the mouse is going to get me. Get you. What, are they gonna, what is he going to do? Well, he can't physically overpower, but if that elephant goes running away and hurts himself, you can't say the mouse did it directly. But the elephant, by his fear, is letting the mouse have, over, have power. That's what Satan does to Christians. But if the elephant would only realize the reality of the situation, there would be no more problem. Satan pushes through feelings, through circumstance. See, there may be a circumstance, but Satan will lie to you and say, this is why the circumstance is, and I'm going to take you out the rest of the way. He'll, he'll play videos for you in your head. He'll give you thoughts. He'll point out somebody says something, and he'll say, that's you. You're going down just like that all trying to weave a web of lies to get you, get the Christian, to yield. But if we believe what the Word says, then we can stand up and say, no. You have no authority. Oh, yeah, I have authority, and he'll try, to try the scheme again. No. I resist you in the name of Jesus. See, it's Jesus' authority, but we're seated with him, and so we exercise that authority. We're in the body of Christ on the earth. The way Jesus is going to exercise authority on the earth is through His body. That's what we're made to do is exercise the authority that Jesus bought and paid for. And so if we say no in the name of Jesus, Satan will try to push back at you. Try to convince you to rescind the command. Take it back. He won't say it like that. Try to get you to throw up your hands and say it doesn't work. By your own mouth, you will have that. He's trying to get us, as a Christian, to undo the command, to back off exercising our authority. You know what so many times we do as Christians? We say, it's done. And then we come back and be like, well, I don't know. I mean, look at this, look at that. And we just, we're backing away. And Satan, he's not, 
exercising power. He's exercising deception to get you to take the command back because he knows if the command stands, he has to obey it. He can't come in and tell you and beat you up and say, no, you, you, you take it back. But he, he can bring thoughts and suggestions and say, it's not going to work, is it? Look at that. It's not working. And then he's, what's he trying to get you to do? Say, it's not working. It doesn't work. Why isn't this happening? And getting ahead of ourselves, but it'll be okay because we'll, we'll be able to repeat some of this stuff. What he's trying to get you to do is to call out to God to get God to do something when in fact he's given you the authority to do it. And that's where people are. They're, then they get mad at God when all the, te- the time they have the authority. We have been seated with Christ. And it says here, he put all things under his feet. He, God the Father, put all things under the Lord Jesus Christ's feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. See, he gave him, Jesus, to be the head over all things. He's the head of the church. Well, that means Satan is under the church's feet. If he's under Christ's feet and Christ is the head, then he's under the church's feet. That is fact. That's truth. It says, He gave Him to be head over all things to the church, verse 23, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. So the Lord Jesus Christ is the head. We're seated with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are His body, and to carry out His will on the earth, how do we carry out His will? With the authority that He granted us. And it's ours. And the only way it won't be carried out is if we yield to the devil who's trying to take back our authority that is rightfully ours now. He knows it, but he's a bully, and he's a deceiver. But if we don't yield to the deception, then he has to go. He has to. He knows he has to. That's why he hates this message. To do anything to get us to not pay attention and to be like, yeah, but, why, what? Every time we say, yeah, but, every time we say, yeah, but, I, I don't know why this is happening or why God. See, we're not looking at the word. And then we're yielding to the devil and we'll stay We'll have what we've had. Ephesians 2 verse 1, going right into the next chapter, right after what we just read, says, And you, well, let's read verse 22 uh, and 23, and then go into this. So Ephesians 1 verse 22 and 23, because it goes right into the next part. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Verse 1, Ephesians 2, 1, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. See, talking about Satan again. You once walked according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also 
we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. So saying, you were once like this, you once yielded to him, you once were under his power. Verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Everybody say, with Christ. See, we're with Christ. It'll help your faith if you can believe that Jesus is seated and that he has authority. Now you just believe that you're with him exercising his authority, that can help your faith. Rather than thinking you're off by yourself, like I have to exercise authority, which is true, but it's not just you, and it's not your authority. It's the Lord Jesus' authority that he's delegated to you. And if you can believe that Jesus has authority, then you can believe you have authority, because the Bible says you're with him. I mean, it's, it's, it's not fuzzy. If, if the Lord Jesus has authority and you're with Him and seated with Him and He's delegated His authority to you, which we'll look at more scriptures as we get into this, then, and you're His body to carry out His will. How can you carry out somebody's will if you don't have their authority? If you go, if you, again, if you work for a company and you start doing stuff for the company that they haven't asked you to do, you can get into trouble. If you start acting... You can't go and do certain things. Now, but if you have authorization from the company or from the president, you know, or whatever the chain of command is, and they say, we want you to do this, and here's the authorization, and here's the accounts that you're going to purchase and, and uh, work with in our name, now you're operating on their behalf. The chairman of the board or the president doesn't go and get everything done for the company. He delegates his authority to other people to get it done. It's the same thing. Jesus has the authority. You and I are in the body, and He's going to exercise His authority on earth through us, so we have His authority. And if we can believe Jesus has the authority, and He's given it to us, then we can believe we have authority over the devil. It's ours because of our relationship with Christ, not just because of something you are. Let's read verse 5 again. Even when we were dead in trespasses, He made, uh, uh, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, verse 6, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us in Christ. Christ Jesus. So let's read verse 4 and read 5 and 6 as well. But God who is rich in mercy, so he, he just got done saying, we were dead. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. So it's not something we did, it's something He did. What we did, what we do is believe what He did. 
That's how you become born again. That's how you become saved. That's how you become, you, you become part of the family of God. That's how you become seated with Christ is because you believe what He did and by faith receive it. But, but you didn't do it. You just believed what He said He did. And then you partake of it. So you made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Verse 6, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we've been raised up. We've been seated with Christ Jesus. Because of what He did. Because of His authority. And now, because of that position we exercise that authority over darkness, over Satan. And this is not theoretical. This is reality. There is a spiritual realm. This is what this is talking about. There is a spiritual realm. There are demons. There is one called Satan. But there is a God. And there is the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the universe, the laws of the universe, Christ has defeated Satan. And he did it not for himself, but for you and me. And we can partake of his victory by receiving the Lord Jesus, but then acting on what he said in his word. Yes. Satan knows it. All the devils. The demons in hell know it. God knows it. The Lord Jesus Christ knows it. The Holy Spirit knows it. All the angels in heaven know it. But Satan does not want the Christian to know it. A lot of Christians don't know it. A lot of Christians don't act on it. You can have it. It's been, this is all true for every Christian. But it won't become actuality in our lives unless we act on it because Satan will keep us bound by our own authority. When all the time, like somebody said, the prison door is open, we could just walk out. He has no authority. But he keeps people bound and keeps Christians bound by deception. And so this is the reality in the spiritual realm. But Satan will point to the natural and say, it's not true. Well, if you're going to go by the natural, have you ever seen the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you ever seen heaven? Have you ever seen hell? But do you believe they exist? Why? Because of what the Word says. You don't need to know all the ins and outs in order to act on your authority. You don't need, a be a, need to be a lawyer in order to act on a contract. You just need to know, in layman's terms, this is what it says? Okay, well, I'm going to act like that's true. You may not feel like it's true. You may not see the results, but you're acting based on the contract. Well, the Word of God, this is a contract. This is more real than anything men have ever made. This is in the, in the laws of the universe, this is legally true. But people will be talked out of acting on it because of what they see. 
say, well, I, I don't understand this, I don't understand that, or they'll get into all kinds of, well, I mean, but how? And they won't just act on the terms of the contract. Satan is bound by this contract. He doesn't want you to know that, but he's bound by it. It's not that he can push back and say, I don't want to do it. He has to. Must. Not, there's no question. He has no option. You talk about legally enforceable on this earth. You, you could, there, there are times when you have to go by the, the terms of a contract and say, no, according to this, and you have to enforce it. The enforcement mechanism is the throne of Almighty God in this case, but we have to enforce it. We have to believe what God has said and enforce it. Satan must go. But he'll push back, even right now. He'll try to bring thoughts and try to dilute and say, ah, but, uh, no. What's he trying to do? He's trying to play. He's trying to deceive, trying to disarm you, get you to put the name away. Don't, don't use that name. No, no, you, you said it, but it's not really true, is it? It's not working, is it? He, what's he wants you to say? No, and, and put it away. But if you say, I resist you in the name of Jesus, he knows he has to obey unless you back off. So what's he going to try to do? Get you not to issue the command and then get you to take it back. And he will push you. If you exercise your authority, he's going to push you to take it back. That's not a bad confession. That's what will happen. Why do people give in? Why, why, why don't people exercise authority? Because he'll push you. He'll try to bring thoughts, suggestions, lies to get you not to exercise your authority and say, never mind. He has no power but to try to make it look like if you do this, you're going to be taken out. But he's a liar. It's his, it's his, his working that's at stake. You mess with his territory, he's trying to get you to back off even though you have authority. We have authority. We are seated with Jesus. We are seated with Christ. It's His authority, and we have every legal right in the universe to exercise that authority. Period. That is truth. Universal. The only way we can be defeated is if we yield to deception. But we have the authority. Everybody say, I have authority. Everybody say, I am seated with Christ. Say, He is the head. I'm in His body. And Satan is under my feet. Amen.